0: Today is the memorial of St. Anthony of Padua. Of course, we know St. Anthony of Padua is a very important saint for Italian Catholics. Anybody that's named Anthony, Tony, is named after St. Anthony of Padua. And uh, well, also, we know him also because he's the intercessor for whenever we lose things, right? So uh, he's, he's kind of a neat saint. He's an important saint. And uh, I really do... Believe, I mean, I don't think it's this kind of subjective imagination that he really does have this kind of role. God has given him this role in helping people find their lost keys and things like that. It really does often work. I I don't think it's infallible. I think I've prayed to St. Anthony before to find something that was lost and I never found it. But it really does quite frequently work. You know, I've had stories of people say, you know, I lost my cell phone and I just... It was. I went for days, and I couldn't remember where I had placed it. And I prayed to Anthony of Padua, and suddenly I remembered. You know, only moments after I prayed to Saint Anthony, I, I had a vivid memory of that. Actually, I had stopped on the side of the road, and I was changing my tire or whatever. And I had left myself, and like actually on the side of the road. And I drove back, and I got it, so forth and so on. So, and you know, you have lots of stories of this, but. What's funny is, is you have this very mundane kind of pragmatic uh, charism that St. Anthony has helping you find lost things, and yet St. Anthony himself was a man of great uh, intellectual capacity. He was the first theologian amongst the Franciscans. St. Uh, Francis himself was not a theologian. St. Anthony was one of the first theologians amongst the Franciscans, and he was a great preacher. To this day, his tongue remains incorrupt, and it's kept in the northern part of Italy. And I want to say, oh, it's in St. Luke's Church. That's what I know for sure. I can't remember the name of the city in northern Italy that he's at. But in any event, he was known as a preacher. He was known as a thinker. He was not about pragmatic stuff. So it's not like he went along, you know, went to churches every day and says... Have you lost your keys? Can I help you find your keys? You know that that's not what he was about. Okay, he was talking about eternal things, invisible, spiritual realities. But I think there's a, a certain wisdom in God's providence. He, because we're creatures of flesh and blood and the here and the now, and we've got a lot of things to worry about. And He helps. He gives us that grace to find these different little things and make our lives a little little easier. And it, it's not finding keys for the sake of keys, but what it is, is it's finding keys for the sake of unlocking the mysteries of something invisible and something higher. It's meant to lead our minds to appreciate St. Anthony and then to really admire him, to think about him, and then thereby to think of Christ and thereby to think of God and eternity. So it's, you know, you start small and you end with eternity. Uh, today in our first reading from, uh, 2 Corinthians, St. Paul is talking about big things, spiritual things. He's not talking about lost keys. It's very important to get down. What is the point of life? What's the whole point? Why will we, why do we exist? Why are we here? And you know, so many religions, uh, in the world actually just don't got this right. And, and Christianity alone does. And really precisely Catholic Christianity, That's so precise, we have a tradition that has been shaped by generations and generations of very wise men like St. Anthony of Padua, and we have a precise understanding of what the aim and goal of life is. If you, you know, you go to the Jewish tradition, it's, you know, you ask one and you get, 50, you ask five Jews and you get 75 answers. I mean, it, it's very confusing, all these other religions. They really can't tell you what the point of life is, okay? Some, some versions of Judaism are pretty spiritual and they begin to approach the spiritual, spirituality of Christianity. But oftentimes they're focused on very earthly, mundane things. And that was the case in Jesus' own day. That's why when he came as a a spiritual messiah, they expected him to be a political messiah. They expected him to give them bread and and circuses and to liberate them from from the Romans. They were thinking purely in earthly things. That's what their minds were set upon. So they never really got the spiritual aim and the point of human life. And within Islam as well, too. So Islam is, is very confused on this issue. They really don't know what exactly the point of life is. It's certainly not knowing and loving God. It's something else. And so we even there's even these different legends and myths amongst um, Islam, and it's so ridiculous. You'd think it was a joke, but it really is true if you study it and you look into it. Uh, oftentimes, like these fanatical terrorists, they don't represent all Muslims, but you know at least one stream of Islamic thought they think that if they kill themselves in this act of terrorism they're going to go to heaven and they're going to uh be given like dozens upon dozens of beautiful women to to marry and to sleep with that's what they th- <laughs> that's what they think it's <laughs> like supreme happiness for these guys okay so uh, christianity teaches us something very very differently what is the point the point is to gaze upon the nature of God for eternity. Only God himself can satisfy us and fulfill our human nature and make us happy. And it's not gazing upon the glory of God with our bodily eyes, but with our minds, okay, with the spiritual part of ourselves. So this is what St. Paul's talking about in Corinthians. We've got this uh, allusion to an incident in the book of Exodus in the Old Testament where Moses goes up the mountain of God and he has this encounter with God on Mount Sinai. And he comes down and his face is radiant, it's illuminating, all of it's shooting out light, and it's disturbing to everybody else, and so he puts a veil over his face so as to not scare people. But what the understanding is, is that Moses is like a new Adam. He is man created again, created anew, the way that man was supposed to be before sin came into the world, in communion with God, beautiful contemplating the Almighty. And us, you know, the the sinful Israelites couldn't handle it. And so for him to be able to, kinda like what you know, St. Anthony begins by just helping us find our keys and he leads us on to the higher things, so Moses, you know, the, the people couldn't handle it. So he would he would veil his face. And he would speak to them from behind the veil. And so Saint Paul is saying that In Jesus, in Christ, in the new Adam, we are renewed through the grace of baptism. We, from the inside out, are uh, regenerate and we're born again. And uh, we have, as it were, we've taken the veil off our faces. And we see God. Okay, At least that's why we walk by faith now, but we're destined to behold God. And uh, the most important thing we can do in our life on this earth is to cultivate an attitude of contemplation. It's the most important thing that we can do in our time on this earth. If we don't spend time praying and waiting patiently before God and seeking Him with our hearts and with our minds, okay, if we spend all our time looking for our keys. <laughs> you know, that's why St. Anthony, He wants us to engage or spend our lives contemplating, not looking for our keys. That's why He helps us get Get the practical stuff done and out of the way. So the important stuff can be done. The important stuff is not making money. It's not acquiring fame. It's not earthly things. The important stuff is cultivating an attitude of contemplation because that's what we're created for. We're not created to make money, to be the greatest nation on the earth, to do these different earthly things. We're created to contemplate God. So St. Paul helps us remember that. And our Lord himself, too, in our gospel... The gospel of Christ is a spiritual thing, and I can't emphasize this enough, that the most important thing, the thing that really is going to satisfy us and make us happy is spiritual. Not earthly, not any external earthly good, not the good of our bodies, not even the good of virtue or knowledge, but it's God Himself, who is apprehended through a, a cultivated spirit of prayerfulness. And it's from there that we live lives, we're transformed, and we're able to live lives of virtue, pleasing to God. And our final destiny is thereby secured. My brothers and sisters, let's cultivate that spirit of prayer. We do it every day when we come here for daily Mass. It's a great uh, privilege. And the Holy Eucharist, who is Christ himself, may he today transform us uh, so that our minds are lifted up from earthly, pragmatic things, To the glory of God, Uh, that is our destiny.